Have you ever thought of starting your own line of vitamins? This doctor did it. Welcome to the Business of Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Caskell, and my guest today is Dr. Seth Baum. Dr. Baum has bridged the gap between allopathic and complementary forms of cardiology. His Boca Raton practice, Integrative Heart Care, is devoted to the prevention of cardiovascular disease. And in 2002, Dr. Baum founded Vital Remedy MD, a conservative and scientifically based nutritional supplement company that serves to educate doctors and their patients about the pros and cons of supplementation. Dr. Baum, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm fascinated about your business model, and I'm curious what inspired you to go into vitamins. I started as an interventional cardiologist and an electrophysiologist, and in fact, my practice initially for the first several years was devoted just to hospital-based procedures. And like the other guys doing these procedures, I found that there were a great number of patients who actually returned for repeat procedures, specifically in the realm of interventional cardiology. And it got me thinking about prevention, and I started reading things that I had not been exposed to in medical school, such as literature of the naturopathic world. I made a trip out to Bastyr University in Seattle, Washington, did some distance training, and and really used some of these natural textbooks as almost my Bible for a few years, and then started implementing this in my own practice. And what did you see as a result of instituting that? Did you see people not returning to the cath lab? First of all, I started extraordinarily slowly, so with minimal use of supplements at first and then gradually gained more courage and branched out, always staying within the realm, I thought, of scientific evidence. I would say that I'm not sure that the use of the nutritional supplements demonstrated a huge response in terms of diminishing return to the cath lab, although anecdotally there were some patients who were able to avoid bypass surgeries and interventions by practicing a multitude of approaches, including therapeutic lifestyle changes, you know, weight reduction, diet, exercise, etc. I'd say, frankly, the, the greatest thing that, that has helped me in terms of decreasing uh, return to the cath lab is probably lipid management. Well, I'm curious, again, why you decided to actually create a business out of it. Instead of just selling existing supplements, you decided to create your own line. Well, what happened was I started using supplements, and then people began to know that I knew something about supplements. They'd bring their bags of supplements in to me, and they have tons of them. I recognized the fact that they were really overdoing it, and there was very little science behind what they were doing. So I initially started by formulating products for a a particular company, and I formulated several. And then I realized that to have more control over the scientific aspect of things, I would need to create my own supplement company. And working from a place of hubris, probably, I thought, oh, yeah, sure, I'll just start my own company. And and that's what I did. I didn't really recognize that there are a whole bunch of other issues associated with starting one's own company, but I did it. It was really out of frustration and the desire to control the quality of something that I think is actually very important and certainly very widely used, uh, i.e. nutritional supplements. What did you see as the main barriers to entering that field, to starting your own line? Well, you know, the first barrier is that it is a business, and every business requires a number of different elements. You need lawyers, you need accountants, you need capital, then you need research and development, and it's all very draining from a time standpoint and economically, you know, from a financial standpoint. So it took a tremendous amount of my time and energy to do this. 
and that's really what was necessary. I also had to do myself a great deal of research on the products that I wanted to develop. So I started with very few, and I've grown the the line over the years, spending, frankly, a good deal of time with each of the products to be sure that I was really keeping them consistent with what can be found in the literature. This is the Business of Medicine show, so how much capital is really involved to starting a business like this? It really depends upon how one wants to develop the company. It's hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know, there have been different levels throughout the course of the company. You know, initially, the outlay is legal fees, accounting fees, and product development and production. I assay every lot of every product that's produced with independent FDA-registered labs to assure quality of the product. So that costs money. Every step of the way, there's a monetary barrier, if you will. Obviously, the more of a product you order, the less expensive it is from a raw product standpoint to create that product. There are also issues such as making the products, and we use a number of different manufacturing facilities making the products and being sure that they meet specifications. And of course, you know, you got you have to be very familiar with each of these manufacturing setups so that you make sure that the product is made well. So that means on-site visits and close communication and connection with manufacturing. There's a ton that goes into it. And then it sense you can literally put millions of dollars into it if you want. If you, It depends how you want to ramp something like this up. But certainly hundreds of thousands. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to The Business of Medicine on ReachMD XM 157. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Kaskill. My guest is Dr. Seth Baum of Integrative Heart Care in Boca Raton and founder of Vital Remedy MD, a nutritional supplement company. Dr. Baum, what about return on investment? Have you recouped any of your initial investment? Is it profitable? Is it just kind of treading water? I would say that with every business, you reach a certain threshold and then you reinvest, and and then you reach another threshold and you reinvest. And we're still very much in the reinvestment and reaching new threshold elements of this company. Although many people around think we're making tons of money on this, uh, no, I'm not. However, the company is doing well. We have a great product, Vital Oils 1000, which is truly standalone. And with products such as that, we hope to be extraordinarily successful at some point. Tell me a little bit more about Vital Oils and how that compares to prescription strength fish oil. Well, Vital Oil, and it's specifically Vital Oils 1000, we have a Vital Oils also, which was the initial product, but the, the one that was released uh, about six months ago is called Vital Oils 1000, and the 1000 stands for 1000 milligrams of combined DHA and EPA per soft gel. So the current AHA guidelines as they relate to people with coronary disease suggest the use of about 1000 milligrams a day of those omega-3s. I wanted to get that into one soft gel because it didn't exist. The current prescription, Lovaza, is 840 milligrams of combined EPA and DHA, whereas we are 1,000. So it's a little, we are a little stronger than Lovaza. And we also emphasize DHA over EPA, DHA being found in the brain and the eye, whereas EPA is not. DHA is more prominent in our bodies and more biologically active. So I wanted to emphasize the DHA and also make it as a three-to-one ratio to be consistent with what's found in healthful fish, such as salmon. So it's also an enteric-coated product to decrease belching. But the point is really a product such as that, which is a leader in the field and such an important field of the omega-3s, you know, I think is necessary to help catapult a company 
in a good way to success. You know, not just by going what's currently fashionable, but more what's based in really hard science. Dr. Baum, let's say I am a physician and I want to do what you did. I want to start my own line of vitamins. Do I approach an existing vitamin company and just ask them to private label for me or rebrand? Well, you know, it depends what your goal is. We have a whole bunch of physicians who use our product line, and then we've had a couple of physicians who've wanted to create their own product line and private label. And we, in fact, helped physicians create a line that, that was distinct from ours. But private labeling has the potential advantage of looking like it's your own, but it's really not genuinely your own, obviously. To do what I did, you need to have a desire really to, to create a substantial company that's going to be out there you know, throughout the country and throughout the world, and that's much more challenging and, and much more of a, a task. I built the company so that physicians could use our products and feel good about our products. It is exciting. It is good. It is fun. It's different from the typical practice of medicine, so it's, it's a challenge. But I don't know, unless you have a burning desire to do something like this, I don't know that you should. What is your fantasy for five years from now? Do you want to be bought out? Do you want to be in every doctor's office? What's your business plan? There are many varieties of, of potential business plans. I would like to grow the company to be everywhere and to really change the way nutritional supplements are viewed in this country and are utilized in this country. I think that physicians need to have much more contact with this space. I think we need to have much more knowledge in this space. I could see having a partner with a large organization and you know, potentially continuing as a director of clinical research and helping grow a company. Do you ever run into issues of stark self-referral laws just by kind of self-referring to your own business in your own office? No, I don't. And I'm also extremely, you know, careful since I am the owner of the company. I've had patients come in and say, you know, why didn't you start me on such and such, and my friend is on it. I looked into the ethical aspects of this because physicians have the opportunity if they want. Uh, this is not a multi-level marketing company, but if they want to earn some extra income, they certainly can do it through this venue. So I looked into the ethical aspects of this and had a medical ethicist from Emory University evaluate our systems. And the bottom line was we are ethical and and the key to being ethical is being honest, which means that if you are recommending a supplement to somebody and you are going to make some money on it, you'll let them know that you have some vested interest in it. And as long as we do that, then it's okay to make money. So no, I have not come across those issues. I'm wondering if you've thought about how certain vitamins have been medicalized or medicinized, such as fish oil and niacin, I'm thinking of, that somehow we've taken these vitamins and turned them into prescription medicines. Well, I think it, it just speaks to the fact that natural substances can be very helpful. And so the pharma, large pharmaceutical industry has seen that and where they can, where they can, you know, obviously patent something so that it's a financially advantageous to them, they do it. Niacin for, or niacin being one of them and obviously Lovaza being the other that you mentioned. And achieving the Lovaza patent was not easy, but they did it. And the niacin one was based upon, obviously, the delivery system. I think it just really speaks to the fact that there's value in nature. And if you look at our, just the pharma, any pharmaceutical, 25% of all pharmaceuticals are derived from natural substances. It's just that they're altered in some way to, to become patentable. 
the remainder, unfortunately, of natural substances, even though they may have clinical benefits, if you can't get a patent on it, you're not going to have the large trials that we need to show efficacy. And it kind of leaves a whole bunch of stuff out there basically hanging in the breeze in that sort of indeterminate zone of whether or not it's beneficial. And I can give you just a quick example for carpal tunnel syndrome. You know, you read in the naturopathic literature that carpal tunnel syndrome can be benefited by high-dose B6 as well as magnesium. And I've used that in my practice, and it, it works, I mean, remarkably well. But it's not out there in the pharmaceutical world because it's, it wouldn't be patentable. No, so if there's no money to be made, nobody's going to invest into it. Well, Dr. Seth Baum of Vital Remedy MD, thank you very much for talking with me. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I'm Dr. Larry Casco, and you've been listening to The Business of Medicine on ReachMD XM157. To comment or listen to our full library of on-demand podcasts, please visit our website at reachmd.com. And once there, register with the promo code RADIO. You'll receive six months free of streaming ReachMD for home or work. You can also reach us by phone now with comments or suggestions at 888-MD-XM-157. Thanks for listening. 